Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. All right, welcome back to episode 81 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. And today we are um, going to chat about the AFC South, continue on with our NFL divisional previews. Um, but before we do that, Let's recap UFC 251, which Travis and I were able to watch. Uh, well, I watched about half of it. Jared was dozing his drunken state in and out of every fight up until the last two. But the last two, I was up and out. I don't know what happened. I don't know why. Yeah, I we're mainly going to recap the last two and then just talk about each of our favorite fights. The second to last fight, the Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky. Very controversial decision. Um, yeah, I mean, you put on here that he was robbed. I'm not so sure he was robbed. No, you can be robbed with it still being a close fight. Like, everyone and their brother can is, can be like, oh, it was close enough, like, blah, blah, blah. No, you all know, we all know that Max Holloway won that fight. Dana I mean, White Dana White doesn't, spe- doesn't speak up often, and no. he even said that, it was pretty much a clear cut. He was also he was also very critical of them not stopping the the Jan Aldo fight early enough because I mean Peter Jan was just fucking beating Aldo's head off the canvas like a fucking like 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 a snare drum. Oh, for like three minutes straight, and the ref was like, "Defend yourself." Yeah, and he literally. But, but to be fair, I mean, if you look at the stats on the Volkanovski Holloway fight, I mean, they all are in favor of Volkanovski. He has 139 total strikes. Compared to 111, 137. Yeah, but that was all in one round. One round he got that advantage, and now it's round four. He run four and five, if you really look at it. But I, I get what you're saying. Like it's, it's just like if you give, I'd say one and two clear cut Holloway, no doubt about it. Four was the only one that Volkanovski like technically won. I'd say three and five you could give a vote swaying either way. So either way, it was horrible. Horrible decision, and that's about how UFC's been for the last I don't know year. Yeah, bad decisions, and then I mean I'm 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 not gonna say I've seen way worse. That was not the worst I've seen. I'm just gonna say that. I for mean, a title, I don't th- I'd say that, that's about as bad as it gets. For a title rematch, I mean, it's almost to the point like I don't let it go go to a decision. But I, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I'm, I don't agree with it, but I'm not saying it was, it was highway robbery by any stretch of the measure. I mean, either way, it's horrible. Dana White thought it was horrible. Maybe that'll finally be given the incentive to change something. No, to, but, but to, on, on that same point, what you and every other person that listens to this podcast that doesn't understand the UFC judging system and like how it works needs to go listen to today's episode. So I guess it's uh, July 14th, Tuesday, July 14th. Go listen to today's episode of the Pat McAfee show. He had Dominic Cruz on there and Dominic Cruz knows all about bad early stoppages. Like he got early stopped against the Hato whenever they fought for the title and he's still standing up. So he like explains the process of, 
judging in the UFC and like how it kind of works and what, what needs to be fixed. It was a very, very good combo and everyone who watches UFC should definitely listen to it. Yeah. Um, and then the last fight of the night, the Usman Mazadal fight was horrible. You mean, you mean, you mean Marty Snoozman? Marty Snoozman. Not only does the fact that he fight like the biggest pussy in the world, but to be, to be quite frank, Jorge Masvidal didn't really look like he wanted to be there. For a I mean, so I've listened to some interviews today, and I mean, like taking the fight on six days' notice is, is, is and then flying halfway across the world, having me quarantined okay. for forty-eight you, hours. You can't use that excuse forever. If you were, if you took the fight on six days' notice and looked like you want to be there and fight, I don't care if you put yourself on the line too much and get knocked out or submitted. At least, like make advances and try to do something in round five Usman let him stand up for a minute and he had all the chance in the world to attack him do something and he just kind of sat back it's just it's pretty yeah so do you think in this 263 strikes that Usman had how many of those were fucking toe stomps toe stomps and knees to the groin to the groin and just I mean punches were probably like 10 percent I mean, he's like, I mean, he's so, he, not only is he the most boring fighter, he is the most boring fucking champion I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I don't like him. No. But he's going to be around until someone beats him, which I don't know when will happen because I think it's just going to take UFC cutting his contract for anything. I mean, seriously, that, I mean, Dana said that Gilbert Burns will get the next title shot. You could not pay me to watch a Gilbert Burns Marty Usman fight. Cannot pay me to watch. It. I mean, if I will not pay for it, maybe if it's free and I have nothing going on that weekend, it won't be free because it's a championship fight. So I mean, it's just he's he's the worst. I hope somebody beats him. But I can't fucking stand the guy. I mean, I mean, yeah. I can't. It was, it was bad. I mean, Masvidal won round one, and then I just don't think his cardio is there because he didn't have a full training camp. To be honest with you, that, that, that's then my again, opinion. a lot of a lot of people are saying that he was he had been wrestling, he had been training for Usman. He knew that his next fight was going to be against him. But not like, okay, there's a difference between training for somebody and then doing a, a camp, a full camp. Like, he probably is like, yeah, I'm going to stay in shape. I'm going to try to train here and there for for a fight. Because but, even, even Dana White said, and he said this, that he was you would not be able to stuff that many takedowns from Usman. You would not be able to get back up your feet or hold him against the cage if you weren't in condition to fight him, is what he said. Yeah. He said he's been training. He's been, he said he was not that out of shape as everyone said. So, no, I mean, I'm not saying he's out of shape. I'm just saying, like, he didn't get a, a full camp to repair. I, I would be interested to see, like, the fact this did go to decision on six days' notice, I would be interested to see it being run back. Not, I, I say you need to have Masvidal fight somebody else in, in the top five first. Like, give him a top five guy if he beats them. Obviously, Gilbert Burns is going to – I think Leon Edwards should get the next crack at Usman before Burns because Edwards was the, was the next in line. Edwards was supposed to fight, was supposed to fight Woodley. And I he got, make Leon Edwards fight Colby Covington first. That would be a good one. So you're, but dude, Do you think Gilbert Burns really deserves a title shot? No, but I don't think Leon Edwards does just as much. Uh, yeah, because Edwards was supposed to fight Woodley, but he couldn't because he lives in the U.K. and they had the strict lockdowns. So, so – Covington. Okay, and then who does Masvidal get? Does Masvidal get the winner of, of Edwards and Covington? Or Yeah, probably. I, don't, I just think Masvidal is going to be on a very slippery slope down and out. 
They he he said today that I'm looking at sorry I'm looking at my window and I'm pretty sure there's a river otter swimming across my lake with something something in his hand and it's fucking trippy shit. <laughs> anyway, Masvidal said today that if he got offered uh, Diaz two or McGregor, which would be gigantic money fights, that he would say no to those because he wants a rematch with, with Usman. I'm like, you are an idiot if that's the case. Yeah, he had a few fights of fame: the BMF fight and the. The Askren, Askren fight and the Till we knocked Darren Till out. Yeah, but even that, a lot of people aren't don't really remember that. Everyone knows the Askren knockout and the BMF belt thing. Outside of that, like the dude's like thirty and thir- thirty and fourteen now. Like, mm, that's not that great. We'll see. I'm just hoping somebody can take it on Marty Usman because he's literally the worst. He's gonna be like he's gonna be. Everyone always gave Tyron Woodley crap for after he got the belt for playing playing it safe and defending it, which I get. But he's literally doing that and taking it to like the next level, like being super duper boring. Yeah, for sure. Outside of that, though, I know you didn't watch many other fights. Did you have your favorite fight of the night of ones that you did watch? I love the Thug Rose fight, the uh, the Rose Andrade fight, especially. Looking at Rose in her post interview, she had that big ass shiner underneath her eyeball. Dude, if uh, Andrade can can unload for the first few rounds that she did that last round, she whoops her ass easy. Yeah, I know. But so that's I why it was my what favorite took fight. her so long to do it. Who who gets more steam in the fifth round? I don't know. But it was yeah, that was round. a good fight. It was that. Was, so the, of the fights I I watched because like I was we were, like Travis said we were at our parents' river house and I was outside hanging out with my parents all the undercard was going on um, of the fights I saw. That's where my favorite, if I had to pick a second favorite is be me being woken up to Travis and my wife going, Oh my God. Whenever fucking Jan was pounding uh, uh, Aldo's head off the mat. And I'm like, what's happening? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. He's just leaking blood out of his face. Uh, my fight, favorite fight by far. And I think this would be anybody's who watched more than three fights. It was the Yuri Prochazka versus yeah. Volkan Ozdemir fight. Me, yeah. Dude, Jared was outside during this. It, this Yuri Prochazka guy is an entertainer, and he, if he can keep up some wins, he is He's so a fucking much, problem, dude. He is, he is wild. He is psycho, and his knockout was insane. So yeah. if you haven't watched that knockout, you need to go rewatch it. Yeah, dude, I, I saw it. I saw it on replay the next day, and it it was insane. But um, UFC 251, not as hyped up and as great as we thought it was going to be. But he's got some killer fights coming up um, in Abu Dhabi. There's one tomorrow or today, I guess, when you guys are listening to this. Uh, and there's one on Saturday. Who is who is in the who is in the main event on Saturday? Do you know? Benavidez. I'm looking at. Oh, for the uh, is it for the flyweight title? Yeah, for the vacant one. Yeah, and then um, next Saturday when we're at the lake is going to be uh, Till and Whitaker, which would be an- an- another good one. Darren Till, baby. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Figueredo uh, versus Benavidez. So, oh, yeah. Kevin Gaslam's on Saturday too. Interesting. So, yeah, we got some, they got some good stuff coming up. But uh, um, with that being said, we're going to roll in and start talking about the AFC South preview. Um, which <laughs> I didn't realize how shitty this division was until I. It's going to be a dog fight. It's always a dog fight, though. I feel like I feel like every year, the South they beat the shit out of each other. I mean, if you look at last year's standings, the Texans won at ten and six. 
The Titans were nine and seven. The Colts were seven and nine, and the Jaguars were six and ten. That's not bad, top to bottom. No, it's not. Um, so I mean, guess yeah. Let's dive into it. We're gonna start off with a team that was one game shy of the Super Bowl, the Tennessee Titans. And Jared said it many times. Hear about the draft? Go listen to episode seventy-four. Seventy-four. Um, other than that, they lost. Uh, quite a few dudes. Mariota, Deion Lewis, Tajay Sharp, Delaney Walker, Jack Conklin, Jarrell Casey, Wesley Woodyard, Cameron Wake, and Logan Ryan. Some big names. Yeah. Some big names. And really, their key arrivals, you got Vic Beasley, Jonathan Joseph, and it's really all I can see that's like a big arrival name. Some fucking journeyman offensive lineman, Ty Sambarillo. Yeah. Um so, I mean, for me, I'll go ahead and dive into it. Did they get better or worse? I mean, this is an easy worse for me. I, yeah, wasn't love worse. With, I wasn't in love with their draft, besides the fact that they stole Christian Fulton in the second round. Um, but they lost, a, like, you, like you just said, they lost a ton of talent in free agency, didn't add a ton. So, um, I think for a team that was a win away from the, from the Super Bowl last year, if you look at what they added and what they gained, it's a clearly easy worse for me. Yeah, not not to say that they're like, holy shit, they're going to be awful, but they did get worse. Mm-hmm. All right. Sleeper, breakout, bust, and MVP. Sleeper, I'm going to round it out. My sleeper pick is Kevin Byard. Okay. Uh, he is a damn good safety at that. I'd say he's probably one of the better ones in the league. Uh, they, they lost Logan Ryan in the offseason, so he's going to need to step it up a little bit in the secondary. I know they're different positions, but still – they're going to be relying on him a lot more back there. He's coming off a season where he had five picks and 84 tackles. 84 tackles as a safety is pretty damn good. I think if he can continue this solid work with this extra load of pressure he's going to have, he's going to have a pretty good season. All right. All right. I like that pick a lot. My sleeper pick is also on the defensive side of the ball. It's Harold Landry, the outside linebacker. Um, this guy's going into his third year. Um, and he's not going to really pop out to you if you look at the roster or the depth chart, but he started all 16 games last year in his second season and ended the year with nine sacks and 68 tackles. I could see him taking like a bigger leap forward. Um, really, like I said, if you look at this defense, like Harold Landry isn't the name that pops out to you, but the dude that had nine sacks last year, like that's a lot. Um, so I can see him kind of flying under the radar, maybe getting close to that nine sack range, maybe the 70, 80, 80 tackle range this year, um, really being, being, um, you know, kind of uh, a rock in that in that linebacking core. Yeah, I don't mind that. Their defense, while they did lose some pieces, they're still pretty solid. Like for- that, like that for me, and I'll talk about it later. Like that's going to be the main piece. Like that, that defense has to remain solid for them to be uh, have a shot in this division this year. Yeah, for sure. Breakout player, another defensive player for me. Uh, Jared just took a sip of some naughty water. I don't know. What no, it it's a. I got. I got. It's a, a truly the black trulies, and I got chapped lips on my upper lip. So anytime that, ah. that citric acid gets in there, like your lips, it hurts so bad. So citric acid, Doctor Jared over here, <laughs> um, breakout player, another defensive player for me. It's Jeffrey Simmons, defensive okay. end. We like me and Jared like this pick a lot. This was their first round pick from last season out of Mississippi State. He was able, and I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but he got two sacks last season. He did play a very limited role, only played in nine games, started in even less than that. 
this year he gets to be a starter. Watch out for him. He's going to have some more sacks, cause some more pressure. Um, I just really liked him when they picked him, so I'm hoping he pans out. There you go. I like that one. Totally, totally overlooked that one. Um, my breakout player, I believe, was my MVP last year, which totally did not. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonix Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com pan out at all uh it may have been he may have been my my mvp or my sleeper i don't remember off the top of my head but it's Johnu smith the tight end and the reason why i'm picking him as the breakout player is because this is the first year in the titan system that he is the number one tight end there is no more delaney walker there's no more um anything like that ryan Tannehill is your starting quarterback from day one who notoriously loves tight ends short route players um, and I really think that I can see him finally, you know, he's never had more than 500 yards receiving in, in, in a season. Did not know that. Yeah. So I think Doesn't this surprise year, me though. Yeah. This is the year. I think he finally does that. I think that he kind of breaks through, you you know, they, you really look at the Titans. They don't have a ton of, I mean, they have some guys, but they're not like super duper talented at, at, at wide receiver. And I think Johnny Smith kind of fills that void and really <clears> is like, is, is a big crutch for, for Ryan Tannehill. All right, Ryan Tannehill. He kind of strikes me as a guy that would like tight ends. Um, <laughs> on and off the football field. Just kidding. But goes on into our, my bus player, which is Ryan Tannehill. Easy pick for me. Got his bag after having one good season in Tennessee. And that's honestly, I'm going to say only because well, of Well, time out. Time out. He got, he got his bag before he got Tennessee. He fucking robbed the Dolphins blind for about six years. Okay, yeah, true. But he got another one after having showing that he could play football for one year. And I am going to rely a lot of that success on Derrick Henry. You know, you run the ball so much, it's only gonna, it's going to be able to open up the passing game. So just wait for it. Ryan Tannehill is going to be a turnover machine and go back to his usual form. He had six picks in just 10 games starting last season. I'm going to project him to have 15-plus this season. He has a horrible wide receiving group. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, Dolphin form. Everyone's going to finally see why we've hated him for as long as we have. I haven't. I don't hate Ryan Tannehill as much as you do, but I definitely think that he's not the best option in, in it out there. So my bust isn't Ryan Tannehill himself, but it's the entire quarterback room because it's not great. Um, and, you know, like I said, this – isn't solely on Tannehill, but I do see him having a uh, like regressing a bit this year uh, because he did perform so well last year because he was that quote unquote off the bench guy. Um, but now he is the guy. He has to come in from day one and be the guy. And guess what? 
The dudes behind him, if he gets hurt, which we all know he can, he's torn his ACL twice now, um, is not great. Logan Woodside is the sec- is the second string quarterback, a 2018 seventh round draft pick who has yet to take a snap in the NFL. And then behind him is a, se- is a seventh round rookie, Cole McDonald. So the entire quarterback depth, if Ryan Tano goes down, which we know his injury history is shaky at best, is not great. So the quarterback room itself for me is a bust for the Titans this year. Oh boy. Logan Woodside from Toledo. Cole McDonald, though, I looked, I just looked at him and he went to Hawaii. I kind of remember that name. Yeah, but how uh, many Hawaii quarterbacks have fucking panned out? Remember Colt Brennan, who broke the record for touchdowns in a season in the NCAA? Yeah. Never yeah. fucking panned out. Oh no, I hear you. They're not gonna be good in the quarterback room if Tannehill gets hurt. Uh, leads into our MVP. If you don't have the same one, I smack yeah, you upside the head. Derrick Henry. Henry. Yeah, I believe I mean, this was Jarrett's bust last season, last year. It was, and before Tannehill started playing, it was looking to be that way. But he's to just so. I mean, he's so big that he's like a dump truck driving through. I didn't realize that he had fifteen hundred yards and sixteen he touchdowns did. last season. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that they franchise tagged him makes this an even bigger year for him. I think that he knows he has to prove and ball out. I don't see him being a Titan in twenty twenty one. He's going to go out and get a fucking bag in this offseason. Hopefully yeah. from, my, from our Miami Dolphins because we, we don't have a running back. But, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, But he's easily the MVP because I think he compliments Tannehill well. And if Tannehill is playing decent, that means Henry's playing decent and vice versa. I mean, if they're going to have any success on offense, it's going to have to run through Derrick Henry. Uh, their Vegas win total is over under eight. This is – Really, really right borderline. It is. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'll go and lead off into it. It's borderline for me, but I am inclined to take the under because I just don't see them as a 9-10 win team. I don't. I, I didn't either, and then I looked at their schedule, and, man, like, you, they have their solid losses that are going to give them, you know, their five-ish losses. But outside of that, it's so easy. Um, I think – that I'm going to have to go over just because I don't see them as a seven and nine team. Their schedule just looks too easy for me. See, that's what I had them at first glance. I had them at seven and nine at first glance. So I, but I definitely, I don't, I think eight wins. I think they're an eight and eight team at best. So I have them at nine and seven. Yeah. See that, but still even that, that's like one win away. If you, if, if, so I'm going to say under, cause I think they're eight and eight at best. So you said over, I said under, which doesn't surprise me with it being a, not a half, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, second team, one who I know Jarrett really likes, but we'll talk about that in a little bit, is the oh-so-great Bill O'Brien and his Houston Texans. Uh, fucking player um, j- player coach owner, uh, Jackie Moon. Bill yeah, O'Brien. exactly. They had only five picks in their draft, lost, again, a lot of people. Carlos Hyde, Lamar. Okay, Hill, but, but time out. Let's let's point out the big losses first. Yeah, I mean, I am. A lot of them are big. Yeah, Carlos Hyde, Lamar Miller, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Reader, Barcavius Mingo, Jonathan Joseph, and Tashawn Gibson. I mean, Jaleel Adai is a pretty big one, too. And Jaleel Adai is... But to me, Carlos Hyde and Lamar Miller aren't that big because those were both in the back end of their career. So... Yeah. We'll everybody else. Who, uh, who repl- how the guy who replaces him does. And they got they got quite a bit of people too. They got yeah. Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks. 
to offset DeAndre Hopkins-ish. Darren Fells, Philip Gaines, Vernon Hargraves, David Johnson, and Bradley Roby. Um, Yeah. Would you say they got better or worse? I say that they didn't really get better or worse, honestly. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, people are going to look at that Hopkins trade and I think have a kind of a knee-jerk reaction. But then you look that they added Cobb and Cooks with Fuller. I mean, I feel like those two guys, I mean, they're obviously not going to replace DeAndre Hopkins. But the Hopkins trade was bad. But in terms of, like, the player value they, they had, they gained and lost, I think people are going to look at that and be, like, way overreacting. So – I am going to incline to say I think they, they were a 10-win team last year. I don't think they were a 10-win team this year. So I think they got a little worse, but not, like, way worse like like, like everyone else thinks. Yeah, I mean, I, it's going to be borderline. Based on how many wins they got last year to this year, I guess that you can kind of do that, but because I don't see them being a 10-win team either. So I agree with that. Sleeper, breakout, bust, MVP. Roll into it again. My sleeper pick is Kenny Stills, um, the wide receiver. After the trade from Miami to Houston, he started balling out. He kind of, you know, was welcome to the team. Was able to record 561 yards and four touchdowns in a new offense. And he had DeAndre Hopkins in that offense, too. And you all know how much Deshaun Watson loved to throw DeAndre Hopkins. So now that he's gone, I see his volume going up. The only thing is his big play might be taken away because Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks and him were all kind of that big play guy. So yeah. we'll see how that fits in the offense. But I still see him being, you know, second wide receiver on this team. I love that because my sleeper player is another wide receiver, and it's Will Fuller. Um, and I think he's going to fly under the radar because, you know, he has yet to play a full season in his four-year career. So this yeah, is a, his injury is shit. This is an asterisk upon asterisk upon asterisk if he can stay healthy. Because if he can stay healthy and play a full season, I think he will be the number two guy, whether it's the Stills or Cooks. Um, somebody's going to have to do it. And I think, you know, in an offense without DeAndre Hopkins, if Fuller can play, I think Fuller can can replace Hopkins in in some ways. I mean, the dude had 670 yards last year in 11 games. 670 in 11 games, that's insane. So, imagine a full season. Yeah, I mean, he's good. And really, honestly, Brandon Cooks only relies on the deep ball. Kenny Stills and Will Fuller can do other things if necessary. Uh, So, I like that a lot. Yeah. My breakout player is Duke Johnson, the running back. Uh, even behind Carlos Hyde and Lamar Miller last year, he managed to get 800 yards and five touchdowns in total. I mean, this man thrives off the bench. He's been a bench player everywhere he went, kind of stepping in for those passing downs to the second down run. I, if he I, I see him being more than just a passing down back this year. No, I know, and that's why I'm – that'll Cause lead Because David Johnson's more of a passing down back than, than Duke Johnson is. But Duke Johnson does get a lot of catches. So he really is kind of like the Swiss Army knife in terms of running back. He can run. He can catch the ball if you fucking need him to. So I can't see him being any different this year than he was last year because he's only got one guy in front of him, especially with David Johnson's injuries and everything else. He could be the guy that really just kind of steps up and takes the throne if he needs to. 
Yeah, yeah, dude, for sure. So um, I like that pick a lot. I really thought about it. I kind of struggle. I, I struggled with my breakout and my bus player on this team, um, just because I think they have a pretty solid roster. But my breakout breakout player, your sleeper. What you gotten bust? Or did you yeah. struggle with your bus player? I, I did, I did, oh, okay. and, I, and I'll, I'll explain that when we get there. But my breakout player, like I looked at this team and I wanted to, like last year. By the way, I looked back on it. Zach Cunningham was was my breakout player last year, and he fucking balled the fuck out last year. He had 160 tackles. 160? Yeah, go look at it. Zach Cunningham was a a, a boss last year. Um, so I wanted to pick him again because I I didn't feel like he could, he got the respect that he should have. But the breakout player I picked is super fucking basic. And it's, again, I, I'm, I'm guilty of picking first-round picks or, or just draft picks, but I'm going to go with, with uh, Ross Blacklock, the defensive tackle. Um, and the reason – he right now, if you look at the depth chart, he's, he's listed as a second stringer. But I think that kind of plays to his advantage. Um, he, I think he's going to get a lot of playing time in a very watered-down defensive interior because if you go outside the defensive interior – on the Texans, you see J.J. Watt. I forget who, who plays on their side. Is it Barcavius Mingo? Well, I can't remember. Really. It's Charles Omenehu. Okay. Well, anyway, they, had, they got J.J. Watt. So the, de- the defensive interior <clears throat> is very watered down. A bunch of players you don't know. So I think it's a, a, I think he'll get a lot of playing time, and in that playing time, he'll step up and make a name for himself, which is why he's kind of a, a, a breakout player. Yeah, I mean, that's not – very like unlikely considering the guy that plays in front of him at nose tackle because they run a three four uh only had 25 tackles last season so which by the way how many how many tackles did zach cunningham have last year he had 142 99 of those were solo still pretty (laughs) pretty solid actually let me see what he was ranked uh in the nfl fourth in solo tackles so not bad only two sacks though, so he needs to work on getting, getting I mean, in the backfield. But not a linebacker. Not not a lot of linebackers are sack machines. Like they're mostly tackle. Like they don't they don't get out. In three four though, I feel like you should maybe maybe he's learning because yeah. in three four maybe sometimes they need to be in the backfield unless, um, unless you're in the middle of the field. But yeah, true. All right, bus player. My bus player is kind of going off of my breakout player, and that is David Johnson. As I mean, this is, yeah. For the Cardinals, you say that's yours? No, it's not mine, but I mean, it's kind of. Yeah, I mean, this is super easy to pick. He's really gone downhill after his injuries. He had, I'm pretty sure he had like just one good year in Arizona, one and a half. Last year, he only got six total touchdowns and about 700 total yards. I think they're like 300 on the ground and 300 something in the air. Um, not ever, everyone thought that he was going to be this bad. And then look at him three years later, he still can't manage to either stay healthy or be super productive. So the trade for him and DeAndre Hopkins was very, very, very dumb in terms of what they got out of him because he's just not what he was when he first came into the league. I mean, you can't knock it. I hope the dude kind of, you know, gets a, gets a bit of a a change of pace um, and some new scenery, but you know, I, I don't, Disagree with you there. My bust, and here's where I had trouble with it. I almost wanted to pick my bust as the entire secondary because they lost a lot of talent in the secondary. But I didn't want to be that cliche guy because I picked the quarterbacks for the Titans to be the bust. So I picked one player, and I think it's going to be Vernon Hargreaves, um, the corner. Because he's asked to step up and be a starter now. 
because of that loss of talent that they had. And when he got traded from Tampa Bay last year, he only played six games for the Texans, but he really didn't do that great. Um, oh, he's he only start- that. Why do you think the Bucks let him go? Yeah. So, but the fact they're asking him to step up and be a starting corner um, is not going to bode well for them. I don't, I, I don't think. Yeah, I think he's going to – I mean, he might play like that fill-in role when they're, yeah. when they're running three wide receivers because I have him. I have him as the third corner on my depth chart. But outside of Bradley Roby, they are going to have some trouble at corner. Yeah, it is. It's going to be bad. And then their MVP, I think we both will probably pick the same. Well, actually, you might pick someone else. Um, my MVP is going to be Deshaun Watson. So is mine. Okay. I was, didn't know if he'd pick J.J. Watt. But Deshaun Watson, I mean, you got to give it to the man. He's made this team that's, pretty much what they are. That's what I said. I said, I, I said it's finally time to give him the credit he deserves. I mean, we could all pick J.J. Watt because no, no doubt about it, he's a fantastic player. Um, but, I mean, Deshaun Watson, with the amount of times he's been sacked the last two seasons and what he's done, it's been phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, even though – because. He's always had some pretty good wide receivers around him. I mean, you give a guy DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to, you know, get some completed passes. But it still takes a good quarterback to be consistent and win this many games a year. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down... The likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. His decline from 2018 to 2019 is a bit concerning. But, I mean, not really. It went from 4,100 yards to 3,800 yards. So I know, but still, like, yeah, I think third year in the league, second year being healthy for a full 16 games, and he kind of declines. But they cleared up some locker room issues. They got some fresh new players in there. I think he's going to break his own records this year uh, in his career. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it. I mean, this dude – I mean, for me, the what he's done with being, the like, the, the most sacked quarterback, I think it's either him or Russell Wilson. Um, which is another underrated dude. Uh, but it's, I think it's either him or Russell Wilson who've been the most sacked quarterback the last two seasons. And what he's done with that, I mean, granted, like you said, he's had talent around him, but he's – give this kid a bell cow running back, like a Derrick Henry or somebody like that. Like, it'd be scary to see what he can do it in play action because he's just so talented. Um, and I think him and Larry Tunsil, I think Larry Tunsil is going to protect him a bit, a bit better in a, in a full year two this year. So – Deshaun Watson's my MVP because, you know, like I said, J.J. Watt, you could pick him, but Deshaun Watson make, makes this team for sure. Yeah, I mean, you throw another quarterback in there, they're probably a seven-ish win team. Yeah. Which leads us to the win total, which is surprisingly low. It is seven and a half. Um, 
I can see why. Because looking at their first seven games, they're going to get – they're going through a gauntlet in their seven yeah. games. Because they play at Arrowhead. They play the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Vikings. And they have an easy game versus the Jags. But then the Titans and the Packers. Like, that's a gauntlet. And they're going to need that bye week, week eight. But it pretty much after that, they're going to go on just a steamrolling asshole tear. Yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, this is like – I didn't – when I first saw this number before I looked at their schedule, I was like, bro, that's that's an easy over. So people who are like scrolling through gambling apps like fucking uh, FanDuel and shit like that, you, you're going to be troubled because – It's going to um, be closer than what it should be. I am inclined to take the over though. I am. Oh, I mean, I am taking the over because seven and a half is too low. But I mean, it's I, a ten I, and six win team from a year ago. They're not going to win seven games this year. No, no, no. Like, but again, with that being said, I saw them at like when I first ran through the schedule. I saw, I saw eight and eight going into their bye week. They're going to. I have them at eight and eight. Yes, that's what I have them at. But going into their bye week, week eight, they're going to be two and five. More than likely, they'll be two and five. Unless they steal a win, which always happens in the NFL. They could steal a win, but at best, they're three and four on their bye week with a losing record. So don't be concerned. They're probably going to hit the over at eight and eight. This team, this division is going to beat the shit out of each other, and no one's going to have a 10 win season. No, no. Not a shot. So we're both going with the over, but barely. So with that being said, we've gone through our first two teams. Let's say we take a break and we'll come back and we'll finish out with the scum of the division. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right. Leading with the back end of the division, literally, uh, saving the worst for last. The Indianapolis Colts are the third team we're going to talk about. Their draft, eh, not great. Some questionable calls. Their first pick was pretty good outside of that. I mean, just average at best. They lost, again, I mean, this team, this division in losing players and gaining players has been ridiculous. They're like whole new teams. Um, Brian Hoyer, not that big of a deal because he's their backup uh, but they lost Devin Funches, Dontrell Inman, Chester Rogers, Eric Ebron, um, an offensive lineman, I don't know, Joe Haig, um, Pierre Desir, and Adam Vinatieri. But they got DeForest Buckner, Trey Burton, uh, Anthony Costanzo, the offensive tackle. Anthony Costanzo. Xavier Rhodes and Phillip Rivers. Obviously, uh, Phil Rivers is – is the big get there. Yeah, Phil Rivers is the saving grace of this team, but, man, outside of that, they're looking pretty barren. I mean, so if you look at it, going to the question, did they get better or worse? I mean, at a glance, it appears they lost a lot. But I think they gained what they lost in free agency. In my opinion, 
Um, and I think for me, Philip Rivers is a good pairing with, with Marlon Mack. Um, if you look at what Philip Rivers was able to do with Austin Eckler in LA slash San Diego, um, I feel like Mack and Eckler are very similar running backs. They're both small and shifty, very good out of the backfield, uh, catching the pass, and Rivers paired well with him. Um, so I would, and I'm inclined to say because of that pairing, they got better if the defense can return to 2018 form. I'm just, yeah, I'm saying they got a little better on, like solely because of Phil Rivers. Um, I'm not going to say that, you know, he's going to add a ton of value because his team does need some work, but they did get a little bit better. Anytime you go from Philip Rivers instead of Jacoby Brissett, that's a pretty big upgrade. Uh, now they're paying a shitload of money to be, to be the backup quarterback. So, yeah, exactly. No. Um, so sleeper breakout bust and MVP. My sleeper pick is the guy we were just talking about, Philip Rivers. I think Philip Rivers gets a lot of flack. I think people hate on him, but I mean, he looks look he it, he does look like he throws a medicine ball sometimes. I know. I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying the dude deserves the MVP or the dude's going to take you to the Super Bowl. But he, I mean, the man wins games. He wins regular he season. Does. He can't really win playoff games, but he's he's ninth on the all-time NFL win list for a reason at 123. 123 wins in his career. Like I said, not, not much of a clutch factor, but he finds a way to get yards, get touchdowns, and I can see him making this wide receiving crew look a yep. lot better than what they actually are. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I'm a big Phil Rivers guy. I mean, yeah, does he cry a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I, I like that pick, and I, I think he's going to be a good fit in Indy. My sleeper pick is because of Phil Rivers, and that's Marlon Mack, the running back. I feel like people sleep on him a lot. I've been guilty of that in the past, but I'm fully on the Marlon Mack train this year. Um, I just alluded to it. I think he's, he's a good pairing with Phil Rivers because of what Rivers was able to do with Eckler in L.A. slash San Diego. And I think that, um, you know, really because Philip Rivers is going to make the passing game better, I think it's going to make a lot of opposing defenses be a little on their feet um, and allow Mack to bust off some big runs and, and have some big plays. So I think he's going to be a, a big-time sleeper player this year. Yeah, I mean, I've, I loved Marlon Mack heading into last year. And then they drafted Jonathan Taylor, which was a real just head scratcher. Because I, I mean, I would think that Marlon Mack's their guy. It is, but through. but he's getting older. Out. I mean, he's he he's in his thirties, isn't he? I have no idea. I mean, he's not old enough to draft a guy in the second round. That's like the guy that could replace him soon. Because John, never mind. Taylor, never mind. Marlon Mack is twenty four. Yeah, he's twenty four. <laughs> he. Is very young. Definitely not a guy that you would think like, oh, hey, let's draft this bell cow out of Wisconsin to take his place. So really just weird because I feel like they've been doing just fine when he gets hurt replacing him with Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines. But that's yeah. a good idea. Um, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it and say the rest of my picks are wide receivers. Wow. So, yeah, hop in. My breakout player is – going to be their first pick overall, and it is Michael Pittman, the wide receiver from USC. Um, he's a tall dude. He's six foot four, 225 pounds. He is a target that Philip Rivers is used to throwing to. 
because you had your Keenan Allen, your Mike Williams, whenever Phil played for the Chargers. And if you look at the Colts depth chart, they don't really have that big target to throw to. T.Y. Hilton's only 5'11". I don't think they have a guy that's over 6'2". So you take an experienced dude, Michael Pittman, played four years at USC, had 1,200 yards last season, 11 touchdowns. I think he's going to fit in well. I like that. I don't hate it at all. Like you said, it's it's a great matchup for Phil Rivers. Anybody else being quarterback, I'm going to be like, eh, you know. My breakout play, my my breakout player is going to be Bobby Okoriki, the linebacker. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this is actually a guy that my boy Pat McAfee announced at the draft. And it was funny. It was funny. Uh, he was like, his next podcast, he's like, he looks at uh, Jim Mersey and the GM, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He goes, Y'all really had to do that to me? He goes, Oak I'm Ridge. going out yeah, he goes, I'm going out there on a national stage. You know what I mean? Bobby Okariki. <laughs> but uh <laughs> But no, seriously, playing alongside Darius Leonard, I think this guy's gonna be a stud. And he's really gonna like playing alongside Darius Leonard, it's gonna make you fly under the radar anyway. Um, but this dude was a rookie last year, played in all sixteen games. Oh no, sorry, sorry. All sixteen games, only only had eight starts. But in those eight starts, had 65 tackles, two pass deflections, and two forced fumbles. So we've all – I've talked about it before. Players make a big leap from year one to year two. He's slated to be the starting guy from day one at uh, one, of, one of the linebacking positions because they run a 3-4. Um, so I expect him to be a big-time breakout player in 2020. Bobby Okariki. Okariki. You didn't talk about a guy that had a big, big, big sophomore drop-off. It was Darius Leonard. Yeah, but I mean, his fucking fresh his freshman year was insane. Yeah, freshman sophomore. I'm talking like they're in college. All right, like I said, wide receivers galore leads into my bus player. My bus player is Paris Campbell, wide receiver who they have in the starting depth chart as of right now. And I'm really unsure why he's in the depth charts that I've been looking at over Zach Pascal, but I'm not I'm not loving it. Well, I, know I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't take those as the gospel. Like, obviously, that, that shit's going to I know, change. but still, even then, if he's number four, he's still going to get reps. Um, last year was his rookie season. He came from Ohio State, if the name doesn't sound familiar to you. But last year, he only had one touchdown and 127 yards. He just doesn't really get me excited. Rivers likes the taller dudes. Paris Campbell's only six foot tall. Pascal's six foot two. I just see him being a lot better. Campbell is going to get overshadowed by T.Y. Hilton in those in those plays that he's going to need to be successful in. Well, well, anybody besides the tall guy you're talking about, six foot two guy, is going to get overshadowed by T.Y. Hilton because he's more talented. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so my bus player is Trey Burton, the tight end. Oh, Dave, this dude's a nightmare off the field. I mean, not only that. If if Colts fans are expecting um, 2018 Eric Ebron out of Trey Burton, they're going to be sadly mistaken. Um, I mean, he's not going to be that guy. He, he just won't. I don't expect him to live up, live up to expectations on this team. Tight ends have always been a big part of the system. Phillip Rivers likes tight ends. Look what he, look what he, what he, did, what he did with Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates. 
with the Chargers. Um, I just don't, I don't see Trey Burton filling in that role as nicely as people expect him to. Um, yes, he had one good year in Chicago. But other than that, he's only – and that one good year was in 2018 where he had over 500 yards. Other than that, every single year has been beneath that. Last year he had 86, I think, receiving yards. So well, not last great. Year, if you don't recall, last year I had him as my breakout player for the Bears, and he ended up only playing like a couple of games because he had like those mental health issues, and then he just like kind of walked away from the team. So this dude is just a, a handful of problems. Yeah, and I just don't see it playing out. Like, and – the GM, the coach are no nonsense, so I, I just don't see it working out. Yeah, I mean, hey, I hope not bashing the dude. Hope he finds his, his happiness and figures out what's wrong with him. Yeah, no, but maybe, uh, but on the field, he's just not a guy I would look to. No, no, no. All right, like it. MVP of the team, my MVP, another wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton. I love it. Uh, he is the man that these young wide receivers are going to need to lean on. If he can stay healthy, which I know he's kind of had some injury issues over the last few years, I can see him having a career year, honestly, because he's going to have Phillip Rivers, you know, one of the better quarterbacks he's had in the last few years. Maybe he'll finally get his double-digit touchdown season because I didn't know that he's never had one of those. Yep. Uh, he, this team needs a solid veteran wide receiver like him. So if they're going to have any hope of doing well on offense outside of their young wide receivers, it's going to be T.Y. Hilton. Love that pick. Love it. Mine is, a guy, mine is a guy you were talking shit on earlier, my MVP, is Darius Leonard. I mean, I know he took a step back and from big, year not one. Not just a step back. He took a big step back. He still had 100-plus tackles, man. He still he had, had 100, 121. Okay, I don't look at Sola. I look at total. What are you listening to? You listen to some porn over there? Uh-huh. Dude, I'm like, I have an ESPN page loaded. They're about to piss me off, man. They're the worst. I don't even get on ESPN. I'm tired of these stupid ads that pop up. I know he regressed a little bit, but he still had great numbers. 121 tackles, seven tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. And he had five interceptions last year. Five compared to two in year one. So um, I think if he's not performing on the defensive side of the ball, now there are the Colts. And I think that is where really last – like 2018 – is when the Colts were had that great defense. If they can return to that, it all starts with Darius Leonard, and they can with Phil Rivers because he's never had a great defense. Um, kind of be that that team to be, to be reckoned with in the South, in my opinion. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I disagree. I'm not saying he's bad by any means. It's just hard to look at a guy who is rookie year had 111 solo tackles and he digresses by 40 down to 71. But cause that, I mean, that's quite a bit. Not saying the team, you're the team also got way worse. For, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying you're going to expect over hundred tackles from the man every year, but yeah, it is a bit concerning. Hopefully that wasn't a fluke. Um, their win total eight and a half. I mean, this is kind of easy to me. 
I don't I don't know if Philip Rivers was the reason they're eight and a half. But I'm going with the under. I'm not saying they're going to be horrible, but I really don't see them as a nine-win team. We already said that the winner of this division is not going to have ten wins. Do you think that the Colts are going to win this division? Maybe. I think they're. I think they're next in line, next to the. Uh, I think the Titans aren't even in question. To be honest with you, I think it's been down between the the Colts and the Texans this year. I see that. I I have the Colts. I'm I have the Colts in third place. Seven and nine, and then the Titans and the Texans battling out for nine wins. See, I have the exact opposite. I'm going over here because I have the Colts at nine and seven, um, and the Texans worse than that. Um, so uh, it's it's a very thin line. Like what I I, I first of all, like just a word of the not word of the wise, but a word of advice. 12 of our listeners, I would not bet on any of these teams besides the last one we're going to talk about. The first three, the first three we just talked about, I wouldn't touch their, their win total over or under with a fucking 10 foot pole. I would touch the Texans easy, easy peasy. Okay, Texans, yeah, but the but the Titans and the and the Colts, Titans no way. And Colts, no, you never know what can happen. Um, because I mean, literally, this this all depends on Philip Rivers if he returns to 2017, 2018, Philip Rivers we're going to have a 9-10-1 Colts team. If not, then you're talking about a maybe a 6-7-1 team. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, it's going to be question marks all around this team. Like I said, they've kind of rebuilt everything um, more than any other team, I think. So let's go into the last team and probably the least, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The sad thing is, we give them a lot of shit, and I'm going to give them a lot of shit. Loved their draft. Yeah, I did too. C.J. Henderson, Caleb Von Chason, LaVisca Chenault. Great first three picks. They lost Nick Foles, uh, Marquise Lee, Jeff Swaim, uh, Calais Campbell, Marcel Darius, Darius, however you want to say it, Jake Ryan, and A.J. Bouye. Defense. A lot of key players on defense they lost. Yep. And to make up for it, they got Tyler Eifert, <laughs> Mike Glennon, uh, Joe Schobert, who's a good addition, and Al Woods, defensive tackle. Yeah. So, love the talent they added in the draft, but there's no way that they even came close to replacing those defensive pieces they lost. They got worse for sure. Not only that, but they didn't really add any offensive weapons that they needed. I mean, I get it. Yo, you had – DJ Shark or whatever last year that that went off, but I mean, there's other like they they had the opportunity to add more pieces that they on, on the offensive side of the ball. I think they're giving I think they're giving some leeway for their young wide receivers because DJ Shark, DD Westbrook, Keelan Cole, uh, all these guys are young. I think they're like giving them a shot to blossom, but they're never going to. They've given them too long is what they're doing. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, they're just – I get their building for the future, and I like their draft, but they definitely got worse from last season. I mean, they were 20th last year in total offense in the NFL, and basically what they added are Tyler Eifert and Chenault. So, yeah, does, and, is that is that going to move the needle? No. Yeah. It's because Tyler Eifert's going to get hurt in week three. Um, 
fucking preseason. That that isn't, that, that isn't even happening. He's going to hurt fucking stretching on the field during OTAs. <laughs> sleeper breakout bus and MVP. My sleeper of the team is Josh Allen, the defensive end that they drafted last year. Like, if you are familiar with the Jaguars, they have all this hype around Yannick and Gakwe and, like, are they going to re-sign him? They tagged him. The dude's pretty good. But Allen, Josh Allen was their leading defensive end on the team last year. He had ten and a half sacks and two forced fumbles. It was his rookie year. While competing with playing time with Calais Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe. So now you got rid of Calais Campbell. He's going to step up and just be an animal. Love that pick. Mine is a different player for the same reason. Mine's Caleb on chase on the sleeper player. That's my Dep- breakout player. Depending on like where they put him. Cause I saw some sub charts had him at, at edge defensive end. Some, uh, some had him at linebacker, whatever it is. Um, I mean, he's going to be overshadowed by Josh Allen and Yannick Ngakwe. Um, Josh Allen is a great player. And Ngakwe, I'm not sold, super sold on. If he I mean, can, the, dude, the dude's going to get a, a lot of money after this yeah, year. He is. But if he can find a spot on this team, I think he can make some noise and fly under the radar underneath those two big-time big, big time names, probably get like five, six sacks maybe. Um, and I think that would be successful for him. So that's my sleeper player because I think he flies under the radar underneath Josh Allen and and Ngakwe. Yeah, and he's my breakout player for kind of the same reason. Like, he's going to be what Josh Allen was last year. Okay. This guy is not a necessarily the biggest sack getter in the world, but he is a man who can get in, in the backfield, stop the ball before it can get to the line of scrimmage. Like, he had, I think, 12 tackles for loss last season at LSU. He is a pretty damn good player. And even if they do put him at linebacker, that's going to be even scarier with Josh Allen and Ngakwe there, and you add him, it's gonna be it's gonna be dangerous. Linebacker comes with some extra extra responsibilities, covering receivers, covering tight ends. But it's the uh, way to like that's the way to tackles linebacking. It is, but you could also blow a lot of coverages and fuck your team, which is very likely to happen in this division with all the talented wide receiver depth they have. So hopefully they put him just in and put him at edge. I think I, I think that's the best spot for him. Yeah. But with that being said, my breakout player is going to be D.D. Westbrook. And everyone's going to look at this team and be like, oh, my God, the shark dude had fucking 1,000 yards last year. I honestly think that was a fluke from hell. Um, and D.D. Westbrook has been a solid piece on this team for a long time now. Um, everyone's going to talk about Shark, Conley, Chenault. But he, like I said, he's been in this offense for the last three years. He knows what it, what it takes. He has speed. He has agility. Um, and I think it's going to allow him to grow with Gardner Minshew because Minshew likes – he doesn't have the greatest arm in the world. He's not, he's not a downfield threat. And D.D. Westbrook's that, that underneath guy. I could see him getting 800-plus yards this year with five to six tight ends. He has never gotten more than 650 yards. I think this is the year he finally kind of eclipses that mark. With five to six tight ends. Uh, did I say tight ends? <laughs> said tight ends. I meant touchdowns. I even told Travis before this episode that it's going to be an interesting one for me. I feel like I've held hey, together pretty well. What are you doing in my laboratory? <laughs> ding, ding. I feel like I've held together pretty well, though. Yeah, you have. But five to six tight ends, I heard that. Like, no one would have listened to that and, like, caught wind. Touchdowns. I and I knew what you meant. 
Um, bus player. My bus player is Gardner Minshew. I hate, I hate this pick. I mean, no, dude. This guy, you can't even believe. 21 touchdowns, six INTs last year. You can't begin to believe that this man is going to be a winning quarterback in the NFL. He didn't have horrible numbers. Jared just listed off 21 touchdowns, six interceptions. But the stat for me that stands out is his completion percentage. He has 69 completion percentage. He was 29th in the NFL at 60.6%. Like, I, would, I just remember watching Jaguars games, and it's third down and medium, third down and short. And what do you know? They're punting because Gardner Minshew completes the ball fucking 50% of the time. He's just not clutch. They cannot score when they need to score with him, and that is why they're going to lose ball games, especially given their young wide receivers and everything else. Gardner Minshew's just – he's not it, man. It's cool the whole Minshew mania thing with the mustache, but he's not that good. I mean, he's not good, but I don't think he's horrible. I think if you put the right team around him, you can build – like, I mean, we all forget that Trent Dilfer won a fucking Super Bowl. So, I mean, I mean, put the right team around him. Yeah. This ain't the right team. That's why I said no. these inexperienced wide receivers only are going to make him look worse. No, no, I agree. Uh, my, I almost did that. And I looked at him like, you know what? He's not as bad as everyone thinks he is. My bus is going to be the, 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 the tight end room, the tight end group. They've never had good tight ends. Thank you. Um, having an injury prone Tyler Eifert as a starting tight end with no backups I mean, you got this here. Here are their backups: Josh Oliver, Charles Jones, and James O'Sha- O'Shaughnessy. O'Shag Hennessy. You want to go down to Principal O'Shag <laughs> Hennessy's office? <laughs> you sir, you mean Principal O'Shaughnessy? Get your fucking ass out of my out of my room! But I mean, seriously, it just bodes for disaster. They have not had a good productive tight end since Mercedes Lewis retired, um, which was in 2017. Oh, but even those last two years. He was average. So, like, 2015 is the last time they had a good tight end, maybe. Um, so, the tight end group in, in Jacksonville is just a big bust for me. Yep, love it. And, I mean, only is going to hurt Gardner Minshew even more. So, that leads into MVP. And my MVP of this team is, hate to say it, but it's Leonard Fournette. Same. I mean, he is an attitude problem horribly on last year i forgot how good he was last year yeah he had a career high in yards last year almost 1600 total yeah that's in the air and running if they could just get this man in the end zone more i think he's close to a top five running back in the nfl yeah three rushing touchdowns like come the fuck on come on three rushing touchdowns this man has close to 2,000 yards um i think that with the wide receivers the tight ends Minshew being as average as he is they have to lean on Leonard Fournette for all their hope. 100%. I agree, I, I agree with that. And you took the words out my mouth. So let's go into win total, which is over under five. Five. <laughs> this one's easy for me, man. What are you doing? It's an easy under, man. Yeah, I had to go. Like, there's, this is not a six-win team. No, yeah, that's my thing. Like, I see four or five wins max. Max. And that was giving them – a few generous wins to say the least. Like this team could be two and 14. What I'm saying, if you're that bad to start the year, you just tank for Trevor Lawrence. You get Trevor Lawrence on this team. That makes a fucking world of difference. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. At that point, if you're going to be that bad, if you're going to be under five win team, you just tank and you get Trevor Lawrence. 
I dig it. Or Justin Fields, whichever one. Yeah, whichever one you get. But yeah, fucking four to five wins max. Gardner Minshew. You'll probably you'll you'll probably be the, the next Chase Daniel. Just ride your career out as a backup. I love you, but you're not you're not a starter. No, I mean, I had to like give them wins here and there. For them saying, I get. I gave him a few generous ones. Oh, fuck, I closed it out. But it was it was questionable ones at best. I mean, I gave him wins against the Steelers, the Titans, the Colts. Like, I gave them some, some wins, and they are still at five. So You have them meeting the Steelers? No fucking way. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, at, it is at home, but it's like I'm giving them a generous win. I can't wait because they play the Dolphins in week three on Thursday night, and that's going to be our first dub of the yeah, season. Yeah, I had the Dolphins beating them, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did not give them a win there. But outside of that, Jaguars under five. Love it. That wraps up the AFC South, which is going to be an interesting division to say. Always the least. is. It always is. Every single year. Yeah, I like, feel like it's usually just like a shootout between three teams. And it's been a combination of three of the four within the last few years. Yeah, I'm like all of them all of them have won it recently, too. It's not like it's been like domination by anybody. Yeah, it's been weird. So, so there's well, that. We got next week coming at you. We're going to do a really quick MLB preview episode, I think, is what we're yep. going to do. And then the following week after that, we are going to have – our NFC, NFC East, NFC, NFC East, and it's my birthday, so we're gonna pre-record that and get that out to you guys. Well, and I'll be on vacation, so yeah. You'll be on vacation. It's my birthday. Turn the big old two five. So until then, we will see you guys later. Peace out, Girl Scout. Feeling good tonight Finally doing me and it feels so right Oh, time to do the things I like Going to the club, everything's alright Oh, no one to answer to No one is gonna argue No, and since I got that hold off me I'm living life now that I'm free Yeah, told me get my together Now I got my together Yeah, now I made it through the weather Better days are gonna get better I'm so sorry that it didn't work out I'm moving on I'm so sorry, but it's over now The pain is gone I'm putting on my face to cover up my eyes I'm jumping in my ride, I'm heading out tonight I'm solo, I'm riding solo I'm riding solo, I'm riding solo, solo Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.